Christ the Holy Servant Church in Buffalo, New York presents weekly sermons and homilies from Father Joshua Baker and Deacon Alan Strauss. Father Joshua is a priest in the CEC dedicated to spreading the message of the gospel and celebrating the ancient faith and worship of the church. CTHS is a family of families, a place to belong and grow, a house of prayer. And now, here's Father Josh. Please pray with me. Father God, as we join together in worship, let us not forget your infinite patience and your love in dealing with your people, of which we count ourselves. Use us in your service that we might draw others into your kingdom. To your praise and glory we ask this, and all God's people said, Amen. In this week's and next week's passage, The Apostle John is giving us the final word from Jesus before he goes to the throne. So just imagine that, if you will, that if you had the opportunity to interview Jesus, and you you had the ability to say, Jesus, before you go to your passion, before you defeat death and bring new and resurrected life, what is it you want to say to us? And what's amazing about the Gospel of John is that John basically took what Jesus said that we're going to look at today, and he took the exact same message and put it in John chapter 1 at the beginning of the Gospel. That's the shadow, and today we look at the light. So it's almost like if you were asking John, John, what's the second most important thing you want us to get out of this Gospel? He's saying, it's this. It's Jesus' last words before his passion. It's at the beginning of the gospel, and it's here. And there's some minor differences, but before we begin, during this pandemic time that we're in, I feel like I don't even really need to ask, but I'll ask it anyway. How many of you, wherever you are, have felt anxiety during this time? How many of you have felt distressed or depressed? And I believe that Jesus wants to talk to you today. And he wants to make sure that you hear his promise, this declaration that he's making to all members of the Christian kingdom. It's about who is God? Who is humanity? Who is Jesus? Why did he come here? And what comes next? So first, let's look at John chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. And I'm not going to read John chapter 1 to you, so put a marker in this spot. Write it down, make a note to yourself that you need to go do this. But I want you to take this home and to read it yourselves. I want you to study it. I want you to spend some time with it. I want you to call up a friend in the church and ask if you can study it together. But today I'm just going to summarize it for you. And basically it's that Jesus, the word who was with God and the word who was God, was the light He was the force of the creation of this world. He was the life of all men. And he came and he shone into our darkness. All you have to do is to receive him and you become children of God. Jesus makes it possible for a people to see God the Father in a way that we never could before. And only through the Father can you see the Son And if you don't know anything about God the Father from the Old Testament through now, you don't have to look to the law. 
You don't have to look to the prophets for the best way to understand and to see and to know God the Father is to look at Jesus Christ. So remember these words, light, life, receiving him, seeing God the Father, and we come to God the Father through Jesus. Now when Jesus starts speaking in John chapter 14, John presents this as being Monday, Thursday night, the very night that his passion would start. It's his last intimate moment with his closest disciples, and he's preparing for the nature of their relationship to change. This is that final word scene where the the master gives to his pupils, to his disciples, these are the last things I want to carry from you. This is the central teaching I want you to hold on to. And it's like the fathers who put this lectionary together knew that that's what John was doing and said, well, if John and Jesus thought that this was so important, then the last thing that we hear before we leave the season of Easter is going to be Jesus' last teaching before his passion. So let's begin in John chapter 14, verse 1. He begins and says, let not your hearts be troubled. And another way to translate that passage in this verse is, don't give in to anxiety. Don't give in to distress and depression. And how do we do that from a religious perspective? I got to tell you, if you hear any pastor say, you don't need medical intervention, you don't need something to help you stabilize your mood, run away as fast as you can. You will never hear me say there is not a medical component to treating anxiety or depression once you get to a certain level. Christianity does not replace medical knowledge. It does not replace psychiatry and counseling. And so do not walk away from this and say, well, Father Josh Josh says that I don't need these medical aids anymore. I do want you to consider, though, That if you're trying to fight anxiety and depression and a state of distress, and if it's your normal fight, if it's your daily fight, and you're only doing it from a medical perspective, if you're only fighting it from a counseling perspective, and you're leaving out this Christian perspective, literally from the words of Jesus' mouth himself, do not let your hearts be troubled. Maybe you need to consider this today. So let's ask Jesus, how Jesus? How are we supposed to fight anxiety? How are we supposed to not give in to distress and depression? He says, believe in God and believe also in me. You see, the medicine for an anxious soul is faith in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that word faith, it doesn't just mean You need to make a decision to say that Christianity is true. It does mean that. It does mean intellectually assenting to what we're saying, saying, yes, that is true, and I've made up my mind to believe that that is true. But it's so much more than that. Because believing, the way Jesus is saying it here, means to trust in him. To trust that if he is who he says he is, And if he loves us the way that he says he does, then we don't need to worry 
quite as much. It's this trust in God. It's this belief and reliance on him, this confidence in him that is the medicine for our souls. So I just want to encourage you. Let's be honest. Life gets scary. Life is uncertain. The natural, logical response to our condition in this world where danger exists is at times to be scared and nervous. But we don't want to stay there. We don't want to get stuck there. We don't want to get trapped there. We don't want for our bodies to become trained that anytime some little thing happens or maybe even not some little thing happens, anytime there's a little stimulus, this becomes our reaction to be scared and anxious and afraid. And God is saying today, I don't want that for you. And so as your pastor, as your church father, I just want to encourage you that the next time that time comes, I want you to pray, but I don't want you to just pray. That's too easy. It's too cliche. Well, you should just pray. Well, yeah, I already know that. Instead, I want to offer you a tool to put in your toolbox. Don't just pray, God, can you help me feel better? Instead, I want you to pray like David did in Psalm 4, verse 1, where he said, Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress and have mercy on me and hear my prayer. The first thing that he did was to state his belief in God and about who God is. Before you lift up your supplication, before you ask God for something, state your faith, declare your belief. Have you ever wondered why after the sermon is over, the very first thing that we do, there are two things that we do before we move on to the liturgy of the Eucharist. There's two things. The first thing, actually, let's go backwards. Let's Tarantino it. So before we come to the table to celebrate the Eucharist and the body and blood of Jesus Christ, before we do that, we pray. But before we pray, before the prayers of the people, We declare what we believe about Jesus Christ. And we do so in the creed. So my brothers and sisters, my children in Christ, believe Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. State your belief in God and believe also in Jesus. And then Jesus points us to heaven and to eternity in verse 2 when he says, In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. There's one word in what Jesus said that I don't like, (laughs) the way that it gets translated. And I I understand why it gets translated the way that it does. It's the word rooms. The reason why they keep translating it, the word rooms, is because when we think of a house, what does a house have in it? It's got a dining room, it's got a living room, it's got a bathroom, it's got rooms. And so to help people understand, they're saying, In my father's house, there are many rooms, but 
in the Hebrew, it's not really what it means. It's not really like a division of the house. The word really means a dwelling place, a tabernacle. Jesus is saying, in my Father's house, there is room for all of you to dwell with me. If I could rewrite it, I'd probably say something like, in God's living room, there is a coffee table for each and every one of you. That God just wants to share a cup of coffee and just chat with each and every one of us. It's kind of like Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave you tonight. And you need to know that I wasn't taken from you by the Romans and the high priests of Jerusalem. I wasn't taken away. I have taken the fight beyond this moment. And I go to build new life for all who believe so that when your moments on earth pass, you will see me dwelling with the Father and I will come to get you. I'll personally lead you over that bridge. I'll cross that divide to come get you and I'll take you from your old life to your new life. And in your new life, you you will tabernacle with God and God will tabernacle with you and I'll make you my companion and I'll take you along with me on this journey. This is the journey that St. Stephen saw as God revealed Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And so his words, his final words, were to speak, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And Lord, into your hands receive my spirit. He followed the same path that Jesus did. Now, when I was 22 years old, I moved away from my parents' house. I moved away from the state that I had been living in, and I moved to the state of Virginia, beautiful state, to get my first teaching job. And my very first weekend there, when I didn't really know anybody yet, I hadn't really met anybody, I hadn't really made any friendships yet, I didn't really have any substantial work to do. And so I had just gone from living in a house with six people and having friends and having lots of people that I associated with to living by myself around nobody else I knew. And I was already feeling pretty alone And then a nor'easter blew through and knocked out the power for three days. And over those three days, my phone died. My heat wasn't working because it was electric heat. And for the first time in my life, I was cold and completely alone. Looking back after many Easter's, I've realized that Jesus also spent three days in the dark and the cold, and the isolation of the tomb. And that in death, he had the ability to lead us through lonely times. Because he was lonely way before I was lonely. There have been moments in this time of isolation that we're going through right now with this pandemic where I've been reminded of that weekend. I've been isolated. And I know it's... Not fun. But an amazing thing has happened each time back when I was in Virginia and each time when I'm alone and I realize that the more alone I get, the more I realize I am never alone. I can see that God is with me. I I get a sense, I get an awe of his glory. 
I get convicted by his truth. I get comforted by his presence. It's profound. For where he is, I am also. And I'm holding on to this, and I've written it down in, my, in a notebook, because one day I know I'm going to see one of my children head out, and they're going to experience this. And they're going to call me, and they're going to say, Dad, I'm so alone. And I'll be telling myself, for where Jesus is, there is will also. For where Jesus is, there is Ellie also. So whether it's the coronavirus that has made you alone, or advanced years that have taken your companions, or if your loved ones have too much going on, my prayer for you is that your sense of God's presence will grow in these times, and that in this moment of darkness, that God will dwell with you and you with him. Continuing on, even though Jesus had just told them, don't let your hearts be troubled, fight anxiety, fight distress, Thomas and Philip, when they respond, they respond with anxiety and distress and depression. And Thomas said to him in verse 5, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? That the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. And so the shadow is John 1, the light is John 14, and then we need to look to the greater light, the eternal truth in the book of Revelation that John saw when he was given a vision of Jesus in the heavenly kingdom. And so we look, Revelation 21, verse 3, he says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also he said, Write this down, 
For these words are trustworthy and true. In other words, you can believe this. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Father God, we state our belief in you today. We are your children. We ask you today to remember your promises to your children. We declare our faith in you, and we trust in your goodness. Dwell in us and with us, and lead us to where you are, and help us to live in your kingdom more and more. And thank you, Father, for never leaving us, nor forsaking us. For by your radiant and magnificent resurrection, Jesus, you broke the bonds of death and rose from the grave as a conqueror. You have reconciled heaven and earth, and our life had no hope of eternal happiness before you redeemed us. And your resurrection has washed away our sins, has restored our innocence, and brought us joy. How inestimable is the tenderness of your love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. You've been listening to sermons and homilies from Christ the Holy Servant Church in Buffalo, New York, delivered by, weekly by Father Joshua and Deacon Allen. If you'd like to connect with us or find out more, visit our website at ChristTheHolyServant.com. Join us for live prayer every morning at 7 a.m. Or join us for worship on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Christ the Holy Servant or on YouTube by searching for Christ the Holy Servant. We hope this has blessed you and helped you come closer to God our Father. And now may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.